let's start the most American episode of this podcast ever recorded because I, I live in America. Hey, welcome back to Giovanni Andrioli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. You would not believe the amount of time I spent trying to nail this intro, okay? I kept trying to do it, and then, like, what happens is I get out of breath, like, while I'm going through. Because, actually, the part of the song that I, like, sung, if you can even call it that, wasn't the part I was trying to sing at first. I was trying to sing the part where he's listing off all the, the cities, and he's like, New Orleans! New Orleans! Detroit City! Detroit City! And then he keeps going, you know, and I was like, oh, Pittsburgh, PA. So we get a Pittsburgh name check in here. And just in case you forgot, I was from Pennsylvania. It's not like I remind you every episode. So anyway, I, I tried that like 15 times and I just couldn't get it right. And I was trying to edit around it and it just wasn't coming out the way I thought it would. So I decided to just be like, you know what, whatever. I'm just going to totally revamp. And that's what you just heard. You are welcome. I'm sure it's going to be your favorite part of the podcast. Uh, And if you're going to recommend it to your friends, which you definitely should, you're definitely going to recommend this episode because it has the best intro ever. You know what? It might not be great, but you know what is great? America. Sometimes. Prove me wrong. All right, let's go. Let's get into it. Rocky Four. you want to talk about America being great and Russia sucking. I know I didn't mention that before, but listen, this movie proves my point, okay? I'm just kidding. I don't actually hate Russia. I'm sorry. This this feels like it could be a pretty politically damning episode, but you know what? I'm going to roll with it because I've already wasted too much time to go back, okay? I'm, I'm recouping my losses as I go. So this movie is ridiculous, but... I I love it. Um, all right, let let's. You know what? I'm just gonna say let's start with the good stuff, but let's start with the bad stuff because it's predominantly good stuff. Um, the bad stuff is honestly more nitpicks than anything. So, all right, I think while I did not like Rocky Three very much and likely won't revisit it very often, uh, I do appreciate it. And that it's sort of like the perfect bridge between something like Rocky 1 and 2 to Rocky 4 and 5. Because it sort of acts as an awkward but necessary in-between step between those two extremes on the total spectrum. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it still doesn't really work as a movie, at least for me. But it does soften the blow of Rocky 4. Because if you go right from Rocky 2 to Rocky 4, that just completely doesn't work and I think that would be a hurdle that this movie would never be able to clear but as it is there is that gap in between that kind of serves as a buffer for this batshit crazy movie so I think in that way it works and this movie is a little easier to swallow so that being said uh this movie gleefully jumps over the line of ridiculousness and never looks back. Uh, There's a lot about it I like. Uh, I love how over-the-top evil Drago is. I love how impassionately America this movie is. It just, it's like, you know what's great? America. And you know, America is pretty great, especially that song. Listen, it's probably not the best song ever made, but if you haven't heard the I Live in America, or, right? 
No, Living in America. My bad. Uh, Living in America by James Brown. You gotta check it out, okay? It's a classic. Um, but yeah, so I do, I do like a lot of that stuff. Uh, I don't love the robot. Uh, that's just weird, and I, I don't understand why it's there. Uh, it really serves no purpose and is just kind of... Uh, I don't know, it's just kind of weird. It's like, oh, they're rich, so they can buy weird, exotic presents. But, like, I mean, like, that that wasn't, that never really, like, factors into the movie in any way. And it doesn't, like, I mean, I guess it makes sense in this, like, world where there's, like, an international boxing match against, like, a roided out, like, movie monster type of boxer. But, like... I don't know, it's it's still very weird, and I don't think it jives with the rest of this movie, especially because it's totally unnecessary. I mean, I don't I don't want to keep harping on the same point, but, like, why? Like, what's why would you even put it in except for, like, showing off that Rocky's rich now? But we already knew that. It's just weird, and I don't really, I don't really like it. And it's very awkward. It's just a weird, unappealing design, and, like, the way it's introduced is so overdramatic, and then it's like, beep, 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 happy birthday, Bali, and it's, like, like scuttering along and carrying a cake and it's just it's so weird and then it's got like this weird like kind of pseudo-sexual tone to its voice throughout the rest of the movie where it's like telling Polly like don't forget to pack your things and I'll be waiting for you when you get back and I'm like oh that's uncomfortable I already hate Polly but this is just it's just weird uh speaking of Polly listen I keep I keep waiting, like, I wanna, I wanna unload, but that's mostly, that's mostly in the fifth movie, which we're about to get to, but, but still, in this movie, he's plenty annoying, uh, the robot's weird, and then, uh, he's just, like, why, why, like, of all the characters you were gonna bring along, you couldn't ditch Polly and, and keep Adrian, like, I don't know, I mean, I know she eventually shows up, but he's just, like, complaining about everything, and it's just, it's quite annoying, and, like, maybe he's meant to be an audience surrogate, but either way, it's, I don't know, it's just not a pleasant presence in the movie, uh, and then, yeah, he's from Philly, and he can't handle, like, a foot of snow, uh, props to my mom, because she pointed that out to me, but, like, that's ridiculous, we've gotten way more than a foot of snow down here in Pennsylvania, in case you forgot, I live in Pennsylvania, uh, yeah, that's, it's just, it's just annoying, I just don't understand why they brought him, uh, so, so, Apollo dies, uh, it is, so it's not super emotional, uh, I certainly don't feel like it's as emotional as, um, as Polly's death, which I know I didn't, or not, <laughs> sorry, uh, as Mickey's death, right, Mick, Mickey, yeah, whatever, Mick's, Mick's death, uh, that definitely is treated with a lot more emotional weight, and it, I don't I know I I didn't talk about it very much and I do feel like I didn't talk about it because it it doesn't really affect the movie like it doesn't I mean it does affect it certainly and it has lasting ramifications for the, for the later movies especially 5 and 6 but at the same time I didn't feel like it was done with enough gravitas or or, or that it was memorable enough to really devote a lot of time to, because it's sort of just a pretty standard death scene. You know, Rocky's crying over the body, and, and it is cool. I, I do realize that I neglected to mention this, but uh, I do like that Rocky lies about lies to him about the outcome of the fight. 
but still, it's it didn't totally work for me. Uh, and this doesn't totally work for me either. The only thing I think that's done a lot better is that you are often reminded of the stakes of this movie. Uh, and one of those is Apollo's death. So there's a lot of things riding on this fight. And I like that the movie never really lets you forget that. That he has stuff that he feels like he has to prove to himself, to his kid. He has Apollo's memory that he has to live up to. And he's, you know, he's representing an entire country uh, that clearly he loves quite a lot. And so does this movie. So the way this movie is edited and structured, I like that you never forget how important this fight with Drago is and how much is riding on it. I think that's really well done. And something that is lost in the fifth movie, which I know I'm not totally ready to talk about yet, but until Balboa, which came a good like 20 years or so later, that served as the conclusion to the Rocky movies. So I think that that is a much more disappointing conclusion than four. I, there's sort of uh, there's sort of just a uh, an idea that permeates a lot of Hollywood sequel mentalities, which is that every sequel has to be progressively bigger. And while I don't necessarily always subscribe to that mentality, when you have such a game chasing game changing sorry, uh, game changing and like culturally significant series as Rocky is. I think it is important to up the ante to a point where the conclusion matches the larger-than-life status of the franchise that it's representing. Like, it's definitely much more dramatic, the end fight in uh, 4 is, than the end of 5. And I do think that while it's certainly nothing as powerful as the first two, there is more emotional resonance to four than there is to five. Uh, and and six, I think, also has a lot of very well-done emotional beats, and I like that a lot. Um, all right, let's see. What other things would I like to touch on? Um, high stakes, broad consequences. I think I covered that pretty adequately. Uh, oh, yeah, editing. So I, I briefly touched on it, uh, and I know I've been trying to highlight shots. Uh, there's a lot of Dutch angles, in this movie, or at least uh, a a lot more than the the other films, and it's it's not calling a lot of attention to itself, and it's not super flashy, nor do they last very long, but I did think it was cool to point out because Dutch angles are often used to contribute to an unfamiliar mood or setting. So if the characters are not feeling at home in their location, if they're exploring something unfamiliar, it can increase the sense of alienation because it's just not shot like a regular shot. Like, we've been familiarized with shots that look a certain way, and once you see one that's not, it's kind of jarring, and it's a good example of visual storytelling aiding a feeling that's already there in the writing and uh, performances, hopefully, if the movie's coalescing in a way that provides that feeling to the audience. So, obviously, Rocky is in Russia, and he's out of his element, and while I don't think they milk that for as much as they possibly could, uh, it is really cool to see that, and it does shake up the franchise in an interesting way and keep things fresh enough, despite it still just being, you know, a training montage and Adrian and him having a disagreement and then being okay, and then he wins the fight at the end, which has been a lot of the previous movies, so I like that. Uh, and, And yeah, the Dutch angles do contribute to that at certain points. 
Besides that, uh, I did want to touch on the editing. I like at the end of the fight how you keep cutting between all these different people in the fight. So, like, the trainers and the, the different members of Rocky's crew. And then uh, to, to Adrian and from Rocky to, uh, to, to Drago to all the people that are in Drago's audience. Like, the, the political officials and stuff like that. And his trainers and how... You see the stakes for him to win this, and then he cut back to Rocky's kid and everything. And I think that that's a really good job of ratcheting up the tension and reminding you of everything that this fight means more than just being, you know, a standard run-of-the-mill punch-up. It does actually have a lot of greater meaning, and I think that this film does a good job of emphasizing that. It's nothing, like, super groundbreaking, but I, I did think it was notable enough to to talk about because it's, it's one of the other things that I think this movie does better as, like, an epic conclusion. And so I, I like that a lot, and I think it's important to highlight because in the next movie, it becomes a little more important. Uh, so uh, I think I talked about pretty much everything I wanted to... Um, oh, just a fun fact for you, one of Rocky's wives is Drago's wife, that's, that's all, just something cool, uh, and then across the, the movies, all of his kids, um, and I think all of his wives too, or maybe not all of his kids, uh, but at least his son, or one of his sons, cause he might have two, I don't know, L- listen, he's got a lot of family members in the movie, okay, that's, that's all I was trying to highlight. Uh, yeah, uh, oh, actually, two more things, uh, these aren't in my notes, but they just popped into my head, so I wanted to talk about them real quick, uh, the music in this is very interesting, because it's the first movie that Bill Conti didn't score, so it's got a little bit more of, like, a, an, a super 80s, like, pop soundtrack, and I actually did grow up listening to a lot of these songs. Dad had a CD, uh, because I know I didn't really mention it a lot, but um, for uh, my dad and my aunt, these are pretty important movies uh, of their childhoods. They, Dad certainly knew a lot more about the franchise than I did, and I mean, my aunt and all that part of the family definitely does uh, a lot more, so one of the things that I listened to a lot when I was younger was Dad's CD of, like, the best of Rocky. And it was, uh, it was Eye of the Tiger. It was a lot of the songs from this movie. I can't think of any of them off the top of my head. Maybe Living in America. I think it was on there, actually. So, so definitely that. So it was cool to recognize some of these movies as they appear, or some of these movies, sorry, some of these songs as they appear in the movie. I do think that it does sort of undermine a lot of the dramatic stuff in this movie. Like, it just, I don't know, the montage doesn't work, in my opinion, quite as well when it's the... In place of the traditional Rocky theme. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of a nitpick, but... But yeah, I think it's an interesting approach, and it, the movie definitely works better with a more orchestral score. Uh, and then, I do like the creativity of his training in the in like the Russian cabin. I think all of that was really well done, and it does shake it up in a little 
uh, a little, like, it's a, it's a relatively small way, but it still is interesting to see him training uh, out of his element, and, um, just, like, using things that they have around to, tr- to try to transform them into as much of a gym as they can to get him in the best shape that they can with what they have, because obviously you're not going to be able to transport like a full gym across customs, and the people that are arranging this are probably not going to give you straight state of the art equipment, because they don't really want you to win. So, I liked all of that, and uh, I know I said it, they didn't milk it for everything that they could have, and certainly there were some things missed opportunities with maybe just him acclimating to a different culture, and maybe you're a big part of this movie is like the change and everything and you see about how rocky says there's a certain way that i've got it all the use but you never actually see any just random citizens besides the nameless kind of run-of-the-mill russian bad guy stereotypes so maybe just seeing civilians like like actually interacting with them like i know you see people like around this very small like I, I don't know if it's really a town or or whatever that he's he's training in, but maybe actually interacting with them or, or seeing them in a different light would have been helpful to further the theme that the movie taps into at the end. Which actually I know I didn't I didn't mention this earlier, but that speech at the end is hilariously ridiculous. Like it it's not even really remotely justified by a lot of it and it's so like I don't even know, overdramatic and just crazy and, like, not the type of thing that this character would would be eloquent enough to say, but I think it's really fun and it's just, like, it's just cool. I don't know, it fits with this movie really well, regardless of the fact that there is no way Rocky does that kind of world peace gung-ho type of thing, uh, but yeah. I think it's time for me to move on to Rocky Five. This movie sucks. This is a bad movie. I did not like this movie really at all. Uh, Now, to be fair, I knew that going in, and I definitely was not looking forward to watching this movie. It has a reputation. But I was trying to keep an open mind because I was like, okay, I mean, I was expecting to to like Rocky 1 a lot more than I did. And... I wasn't expecting to like two as much as I ended up loving it, and and three I didn't expect to to feel the way I felt about it, and and four I definitely knew more what I was getting into, uh, but I really enjoyed it, you know, because of of how kind of off the walls crazy it was, so I was like, okay, this has kind of been a roller coaster. None of these movies have really shaken out the way I anticipated them to. Maybe it's possible that this film uh, got better with age. It did not. This movie sucks. Let me tell you why. So, first of all... uh, Okay, Ravy Balboa is back. Now, agree or disagree with how I said he comes off in the first movie. Some of these lines are just straight up weird. Like, he gets out of the car and he's like, oh yeah, you've been lonely without me, or something like that. And he's like, oh, what if we get inside and I violate you like a parking (laughs) me? What the? Like, that's not a romantic line. Like, that's not charming. That's just creepy. Like, violate? Like, that's just, 
that's, mm, that's not nice. And then he has the whole thing with he uncovered uh, his son's drawing of Big Boobs McEducation or whatever her name is. Uh, and she's like his social studies teacher or something. And then he's like, eh, maybe tomorrow you can show me your English teacher. And I guess it's like this guy to guy like bonding thing. But it's just so, it's so weird. It just doesn't come off like like cool it's just kind of uncomfortable and creepy at least for me i don't know how you feel about it but i don't know that's weird that's just weird um all right so besides that i do want to lay it out plain and simple this is easily the worst movie in the series the characters really just stumble into the story there is no sense that this was planned really in any way and there's no like I mean, it is character-driven to a certain extent, and and you can even make the argument uh, that the the last two were were very similar situations, but this just feels more egregious for some reason. Like, maybe the way it's set up, like, he gets off the plane, and it's like, well, let me tell you about this. I'm one of the best fighter man setups in the, in the nation, and I'm gonna set this man up because Rocky ain't no whatever, and it's it's like... It's so immediate, and it's just so crazy that, like, that would that would be the first thing that he sees when he gets home. And then the guy just keeps hounding him through the whole movie. And I get he's supposed to be annoying, but my god, is this performance ridiculous. And it is, it's more annoying than I think it was supposed to be. Like, he's not a sly businessman. And in even that, I would have accepted. Like, it would have been annoying, but less so. It's weird that he has an emotional stake in this. That, like, he gets actively angry at a lot of their decisions. And he's like, you a damn fool. And all this stuff. It's just, it's so weird the way he plays it. And it's not just, like, someone who's money hungry and cold. It's, like, someone who has, a like, more than a vested interest. It's, like, he, like, it's some sort of weird emotional thing that he's he's got attached to Rocky taking this fight and it's kind of hard to describe but once you see it it just comes off wrong like it's just it takes it to another level that it's just weird and kind of awkward and definitely not fun to watch it's it's just not like I mean say what you will I was certainly annoyed by Mr. T but I mean at least he's more fun than this like he's just fun to laugh at how ridiculous it is this it was just like every time he shows up on screen I'm like oh my god God, can you just shut the fuck up? So, yeah, that's that's that. Uh, and then uh, Tommy, I mean, what the heck? What ha- what happened with this? This guy. All right, so I will admit, this movie has some interesting ideas. It, it goes barely anywhere with them, and the way it's played is so just. It's all wrong, but. I appreciate what they're going for. I understand that in a in better hands, this a lot of this actually could be really cool, and this could be a really well done ending. But as it stands, man, it's it's rough. So, so Tommy, this is not a good performance. Like, it's not very subtle. It's so strange the way he hits a lot of these emotional beats. He's just like this weird like golly gee kind of all shucks Oklahoma guy and he never really he plays pretty much everything at one speed he's either he's either just kind of like you know himself like this kind of doting dude 
who's aspiring to be a fighter and then at the end he just gets super angry but there's no real ebbs and flows to to what he's performing and a lot of these beats like it seems like it should be more emotional for him especially because of how bad you're supposed to understand that he wants this and then like he's talking about his dad you know, like, his his history with his family and how he was abused as a child and can, kind of came from a broken home. And it's weird how that's handled because he says it so calmly. And, and I mean, it's fine if that's maybe you don't want to get super emotional at the dinner table, but, like, any hint that this affects him at all. And, like, you don't even really see how that feeds into his character as he is now. And then the way Rocky responds to it, he's like, yeah, well, at least you got a dad to, to, to hit you. I'm like, dude, what? What are you saying right now? Like, oh, yeah, well, I didn't have a dad. At least you had a dad. I mean, sure, he hated you and hit you. Like, that's just the wrong moment, man. Like, that's not a character that would say that, I don't think. Like, especially with none of the other characters being like, hey, what the hell, dude? Like, that's, like, what are you, like, don't say that. That's, that's clearly not the right thing to say. But it's never acknowledged. And it, that, like, that difference in upbringing and, like, like how they're very similar but different in certain ways, it, it doesn't really factor into the movie in any meaningful way. And it's, it's much different to something that I think is handled a lot better in Balboa. And I know I keep bringing these movies up a little earlier than I, I'm actually devoting a segment of the show to them. But at the same time, they're all very closely related. They feed into each other a lot. They're clearly... It's clearly a series, you know? So talking about them in tandem with each other, it just kind of... it It's going to happen. Uh, so I apologize for that. But, I mean, some of this just it's necessary for me to bring up counterexamples to help me make my point because some of the lessons Rocky teaches and some of the way that he is written and the the struggles that he goes through with trying to impart lessons he's learned over a really tumultuous history throughout all these movies is just handled, written, and delivered so much better in Rocky Balboa and a lot of the stuff that it's very similar to what they're going for here, which which is Rocky kind of acting as a as a protege and taking younger people into under his wing and and teaching them things that his his struggles in life have taught him that's just done way better in a different movie and so when you have a better example of it it just makes this seem so much worse by comparison all right so moving on from that um I think I said my piece this movie does feel overly sappy and heightened. It's uh, unlike the other films in that, you know, I praise them for their grit and not feeling too Hollywood and feeling very realistic and grounded. And this movie completely abandons that. It just, it does not have that same feel. It doesn't, it's not as tactile. It's, you know, you can't feel that that Philly winter and, and feel the real struggles of these characters. And, and like, you couldn't buy it into this world the same way that you could the other movies. And I think that's a real problem with this because it's trying. It is. I know I said about, I like some of these ideas and I'll definitely get to that. Uh, but it doesn't, once again, lacks the nuance to pull off what it's trying to do. And, uh, aside from that, it just doesn't, 
once again, the, the juxtaposition of more heartfelt moments, just they don't play well with the tone that's been established and the feel of this movie. Like, it's very hard as an audience member to go from the ridiculousness of this movie and the over-the-top quality of it to heartfelt moments, and it's just not handled deftly enough for it to not seem jarring. And I definitely talked about this a lot during my discussion of Rocky Three. A lot of these points apply. Uh, so if you listen to that, just kind of copy and paste and increase it a lot because it's definitely worse handled here than it was there. So I, I keep talking about all these ideas. What are they? First and foremost, I like that it wraps around. And I like that it's about uh it's about rocky uh on a, a downward spiral towards towards going all the way back to where he started it's it's an interesting idea and it's cool to see him revert to to all of that and even visually with him putting on the same clothes and everything uh it's just handled so clumsily like he just randomly goes through the clothes and just randomly has to to do this and all this stuff and listen i might as well just talk about rocky Balboa now and have this serve more as a compare and contrast discussion because the more i've been talking the more i've been realizing how similar these movies are and it's just not i i don't know it's it'd be weird to kind of dance around it so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna start talking about rocky Balboa now so Rocky Balboa is a very similar movie. It takes a very similar approach to the character, and it almost seems like it might have been a situation where, listen, we made this one movie, we were going for a lot of things that the audiences didn't respond very well to, this movie was critically panned, and if I recall correctly, I don't think it did super well at the box office either. Regardless, it's definitely clear that that movie, that series needed a hiatus. Uh, And when it comes back, it seems almost as if the filmmakers were like, okay, we made this movie, we tried these things, they didn't work that time. What if we tried to do them again, but we did them better, we corrected all the mistakes. Like, this is an opportunity for a do-over. Uh, so they took a lot of the same ideas and expanded on them and improved them. And listen, I have no actual substantial evidence for this. This is all conjecture. I, this may not be the case at all, but it might just be that they were out of ideas. I'm just kidding. I mean... To a certain degree, a lot of this is very repetitive, but I do think that this was this film served as a Rocky Balboa served as a, sort of a do over of Rocky Five, because it does a very similar thing. It takes Rocky back to his roots. He's back in Philly in a pretty small apartment. Uh, he's pretty sad. He's pretty lonely. The only person he's really got is Polly. Uh, a lot of the the things that he he. Um, he loved are gone. So in this film, Adrian has is died, uh, and he's estranged from his son. Whereas in the first movie, it's unclear what happened to his family, uh, unless I missed it. But he does miss them and talks to their photos in the mirror and everything. So, so it's a pretty similar thing there. Uh, it does abandon the the enforcer element of this. He does not have any mob ties in this movie. But other than that, I mean, it does have very similar moments, uh, like him buying the dog as, you know, an extra companion. And then even the outfit's very similar during the training montage. And it's all, 
it's all very similar. You even bring back the character of uh, Marie, I think her name is, uh, and all that. So, yeah, it does a lot of these things, and it definitely twists them in a little way. Uh, it makes, uh, it, it brings you back to the first movie while not abandoning the character growth that has occurred, which, listen, I don't necessarily know if that's a problem with Rocky Five. Uh, it doesn't, it certainly seems like, uh, especially Adrian's character, has been informed by a lot of her previous experiences, but another problem with this, I think, is, is that Rocky is, he's constantly saying he's going to retire. Since three, it's been like, this is my retirement fight, and then it's like, Okay, and after this, I'm going to retire. And then even even one to a certain extent, it didn't really seem like he was trying to go back to fighting. It seemed like he was trying to make his money other ways. Or no, it didn't seem. It was because everyone was telling him that he can't fight again and he had the problem with his eye and everything. So all these are feeding into the fact that he's he needs alternate sources of income because fighting just isn't an option. So it's he's been perpetually in a state of like half retirement since basically the end of the first movie so more or less this just keeps repeating the same thing and it's almost to the point where it's like it's a sort of a twist on that action movie trope where it's like the grizzled veteran has to come back for one last job you know like the commando thing so it's just as an audience member it's like well yeah of course you're not retired so i think in this instance structure is very important and that's why I said about how they kind of fall into the story. And while certainly that's a complaint you could make about Rocky Balboa too, is that it doesn't necessarily have a reason for existing other than really a cash grab. I mean, maybe it is a story they felt they needed to tell, but as an audience member, it doesn't seem like a story that had to happen. It does feel more like, how can we keep this going? Because, I mean, by the by, by three and certainly by four, it, it definitely seems like they said all they could say. But... Maybe they felt like they tapped into something interesting in five that they could have done better. I don't know, but in in this instance, structure is very important to these to these movies because having Rocky already in a state of retirement, maybe there's a time jump in five that then then this guy is trying to get him to come back. I think that makes for a more interesting story of Rocky yearning to go back and everyone telling him you can't. And does that mirror two to a certain degree? Yes, but it it is different if you add in the element of him being out of the game for a while. And that's something I really liked about Rocky Balboa, which is it it does take him back to his roots and it does kind of send him on a very similar path. But there's a lot of problems that he has to face that come as a result of everything that he's been through in these movies, everything that he has endured informs his character and the characters around him from like his son to him uh, and to Marie and, and the way they all form their opinions about whether or not he should take this fight and, and to what degree Rocky's legacy informs how Rocky thinks about himself and how he thinks about his kid and everything, that's all really interesting and really well done in this movie. And I love how it brings in new themes, uh, something like reconnecting with with his kid. Like, 
it just works better if he hasn't seen him in a while and if they've been estranged for a while than the way it's played in Rocky Five, where it's like his son wants his attention, but oh no, he's got this new fighter. And it, just the way it comes off, it's so awkward and it's so like stereotypical the way the kid becomes a bad boy and he beats up the bullies and takes his jacket back and starts wearing an earring and hangs out with the hoodlums and everything. And it just kind of feels insincere. It doesn't feel like like this is a very realistic struggle for this kid. And I don't know. I don't know. Just something about the way it was played. It it didn't sit well with me. Uh All right. So I I want to pivot back to Rocky 4 or sorry, Rocky 5 for a while. Rocky 4 a little bit. So I said about how I think Rocky 4 serves as a better ending to the to the franchise than Rocky 5. I said about all the stakes and everything. I I think I made my point uh, fairly well about all that. So I think that definitely ties into this because Rocky Five, it strips down everything down to the to the bare bones, kind of, and it's trying to take Rocky back to its essential elements, uh, and that just lowers the stakes and importance of this movie, and it just doesn't feel like a conclusion. It just feels like a weird out of place chapter in the story. And so I think Rocky Four just it is a better conclusion. It's more epic and it does more with with everything that's happened and and it kind of collides in a very interesting way and I just think that it's done better. So that's certainly part of my feelings about Rocky Five. Uh I feel like I just keep harping on the same point. I'm trying to find some other stuff that I wanted to talk about. Uh yeah, I didn't like Tommy. I don't think it's very nuanced. Uh it's yeah. Uh, subtle as a sledgehammer, you know, that's a, an axiom that I think fits this movie very well, and can really serve to describe what I'm trying to explain to you, because, yeah, just, just a lack of subtlety, a lack of, I keep saying nuance, but that's really what it is, it's just, it, it doesn't handle these things quite as well as it can, it doesn't, it lacks the, um, the form to pull off what it's trying to pull off. Uh, yeah, I like Rocky as a mentor, too. That's another thing that Balboa picks up on. Uh, and with him teaching his kid lessons and with him teaching Steps lessons, both of those things, it's done a lot better in Balboa and then even better in Creed. I didn't realize that that was something that was part of Rocky Five. And it's just awesome the way uh, the way it's eventually picked up on. Like, that's clearly a dynamic that's really, really well done. And you know what? If that actually would have been the focus, if maybe it does have to do with Rocky feeling like he's done as a fighter, but uh, he, he can train a new one, and maybe that he's living vicariously through him. If something like, like Creed had happened earlier, even that, I think, would have been a more interesting conclusion from him going the whole way around, from being a struggling student to a master teacher. I think that's really, really cool, and that would have been a very satisfying arc for him. But, so as it is, I like that that's a part of this movie. I just don't think that it's done very well. And and on, on top of that, there's no struggle for him to be good as a teacher. It's a very different skill set to be able to teach someone, like, a few tricks, you know, show people the ropes, uh, quite literally, but 
to actually be a good teacher that can instill like the values and techniques that he has learned that's a very difficult thing to do uh and so i think a movie that deals with his struggles to do that would also be really cool uh and seeing how he takes everything that he has learned and then imparts it uh to to tommy uh which i think is again done much better in creed uh also this is just a nitpick but Tommy the Machine Gun is totally unnecessary. That's superfluous. Just leave it as Tommy Gun. That's a pun in and of itself. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. But, uh... Oh, and then, you know what's super... Just does not hit the way I think they think it will. The... The flashback to Mick? Oh my god. What the heck was that? It is insanely like terribly written it's so it's so bad he just kind of talks in circles and it's so blindingly obvious that it's almost like i'm making this speech to you kid because i know i'm gonna die and you're feeling sad about the fact that i died so i'm gonna tell you all this stuff about angels and being in your corner and and it just goes on so long and it's so overblown and ridiculous and it's so obvious that this was shot way later. So I love that Mickey looks or Mick looks older in this flashback than he does when he dies. It's it's sort of nitpicky, yes, but still it just takes me out of the moment in a way that I don't think it's supposed to. But yeah, it's just it's shot so weird and it's it's like it's so obvious that it's like the hero needs this moment. So we're going to give him the exact flashback that ties exactly into his current emotional struggle. And then they just focus on this this necklace. It's like when uh when freaking Luke gives Leia the the dice in the last Jedi. It's like that. It's like that but for Rocky. It's this just random like sort of jewelry or tiny trinket that apparently meant something to the hero that's never played into it at all and then they like spend the rest of the movie trying to convince you that it it is like how the last shot of solo is this stupid dice listen okay solo solo sucks as another bad movie and i know i'm not talking about star wars we're not even in the same galaxy quite literally but I just wanted to bring that up. It's an it was it's immediately what I thought of when I saw that necklace thing and I was like that's the dice. That's the dice from Star Wars. That thing that didn't matter until the hero was sad about the person that died and then it just happens to be there. Yeah, it's just it's so weird. Uh it's just I don't know. It it came off so wrong and it was just an insane and fascinatingly misguided send-off for this character. I really did not like this part. Uh, Alright, so I think I've hit pretty much everything I want to hit, uh, at least for Rocky 4, or, god dang it, Rocky 5, I'm sorry, uh, Balboa, I do want to say, I think this is another highlight for the series, uh, it's not, it's not as good as 1 or 2, but it's definitely a spiritual sequel to both, and it fits in much better with those movies than I think any of the other sequels do. I might like 4 just a little bit more, and it's definitely more entertaining, so I'd like to rewatch it more. But I I like 
I like Rocky Balboa a lot. And I like I already made my points about how I think it's very similar to five, but it does everything that it's setting out to do a lot better. Uh I was I had mixed feelings initially about that conversation outside of the restaurant with his son, but at the same time I Oh nuts on nuts with some bolts. Polly is the reason that five happens. That was also so stupid. It wasn't like they have grown, you know, too um too flippant with the wealth. Like it's or that they they you know they had an interesting lesson to learn or or some mistake that they made. No, it was just this totally off-screen moment of idiocy, yet another in an ever-growing list from Freaking Polly, the worst character in any of these movies. He's a horrible friend and a horrible brother, and I just hate him so much. Like, he just spent all their money, and that's the reason why they're broke now. Like, and then there's never a moment where he's, it's more like, oh, Polly, what are we gonna do with you? But, like, it should be, no, Polly, leave our lives. Like, we do not want you around like you really messed up and you messed up everything for us and there's nothing that acknowledges that there's no moment where he has to reconcile the fact that he ruined their lives effectively and that they never are like hey you really messed everything up and there's never any moment where like they have to come to terms with that and it's just it's completely ridiculous and such a missed opportunity and i don't understand why this character is so stupidly one note there's so many more interesting things that you could do with him and even in Balboa that's actually one of my complaints is that they have such an interesting position that they put Polly in and there's even there's like the most that happens is one offhanded line where he's like you treated her good and I treated her bad and I don't want to do this no more rock but but that does not translate to him being like a, a complex character there's no hint of turmoil anywhere else in the movie any moment even if it was as small as that one, just one additional moment to further humanize Polly as a character, just a moment where maybe he sits down with Rock and and he, you know, legitimately comforts him as a friend instead of yelling at him for his cold and everything. Like, it almost seems like, did you hate your sister that much that this is how you treat Rocky when he's mourning? Like, that's just not a good friend. Like, you shouldn't keep that guy around. And the conversation that they have in the in the meat processing plant or whatever it is, uh, it is about the beast inside. That's that's a really good moment of performance from uh, from Sly, and that is an actually legitimately heartfelt moment, and it's probably one of the better ones in the movie. I do think it's kind of a, an abrupt ending, and and it could use a little more reconciliation between the two of them. But that moment works even better if you've had it at least, like, bare minimum, one other moment with Polly where maybe he has to tell him, like, listen, I see how you're hurting, and I understand that it feels bad, and okay, motorcycle Mitch out there, jeez. I don't know if you guys could hear that, but oof, somebody's revving up a hog. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah, anyway, what I was saying before, sorry about that, I don't I don't even know why I commented on that. Um, he's just... He's just not a, a very interesting character. Or a very human character. Like, it, He's just a very one-note performance with very little 
changes in his mood or, 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 you know, problems that he has to face or emotional beats he has to hit. And I, I just don't, I don't think that's a very interesting opportunity for storytelling. I think this movie works better with, like I said, bare minimum one more moment of just them kind of reflecting on everything that's happened and maybe, you know, Polly admitting that he feels bad for a lot of his mistakes throughout the years. And I think that that moment would go a long way. But as it is, the movie does work fine without it. It's more of a personal thing, and I know, and I get that. And I'm sure a lot of people really love this character and think he's great, but that's just something that, going back, for me, does not hold up on any level. Uh, the, The conversation outside of the restaurant was really good. I know I mentioned that briefly before, but I do like Rocky finally coming to a place where he can teach other people lessons I think that's really cool and I love that it makes a lot of sense you see both of their points of view that like Rocky's like hey you can't use my success as an excuse that's not fair to me but then at the same time you understand that it must really suck to be working and living in a city where your father is in every way more famous popular and successful than you and the only reason people give a damn about you at all is because of him and you feel estranged from him because of that that makes a lot of sense. That's very relatable and a really interesting character motivation. I really like that a lot. And I like that neither of them is truly right or wrong, that they both have legitimate points and they both kind of have to see each other's before they can really come back together. And so when, you know, he's visiting the grave and, and his son walks up, it's a very rewarding moment as an audience member, and it was one of the highlights of the movie. I really, really liked that. And um, and despite it being kind of weird and a little awkward, the way Rocky's uh, kind of palling around with, with Marie, uh, I do love the moments where he's reflecting on the fact that he knew her as a kid, and now all these years later, he's you know, he's he still knows her, and they can still be friends, and I I really liked that, and she's got a really good performance in the film, and she's very, uh, a very cool character. I love that, you know, an additional remnant from the past, and I love her kid, and all of that. It's really cool, and another thing I love is that it totally sidesteps a more cliched uh, thing where maybe he's, like, involved with drugs or gangs or, like, crime or something, and Rocky has to set him straight. No, I just love that he's a legitimately nice kid, and him and Rocky get along really well, and they work together and stuff. That's just cool, and I like that. So, yeah, I liked everything in this movie for the most part. Uh, I know I said I had some complaints here and there, but for the most part, I really, really enjoyed this, and I would highly recommend it. Uh, Before I totally finish up, though, I would like to say that the, uh, the fighter, Mason the Lion Dixon, sucks. That was just... Ooh, what a, f- like, just a very, very odd casting decision. Like, you could have picked anybody more more threatening or badass than that guy. He had, like, when he walks out for the final fight, and he's got, like, baby fat and, like, not even pecs, I was like, D- when I flex in front of the mirror, which I never do, I don't know why I just said that, but when I flex in front of the mirror, again, which I never do, uh, I have more abs than that, and I'm, I'm like 14, and I never work out, and I mostly eat junk food, like, this dude's got a serious case of dad bod, like, he's not a heavyweight title, uh, champion, like, 
he's he doesn't even look like he's he trained like not not even for the fight like it doesn't look like the actor trained for the movie it was that was weird and very jarring and yeah just his face like it's just he's very like smooth and he he's just like he's got those diamond earrings and he's like not not threatening and like barely gets angry like it's just it's so weird it it just it did not seem like he was going up against a threat so when when you have me believe that rocky does not beat his ass even as an old man with arthritis i'm like no i'm not buying it thematically no rocky shouldn't have won he proved what he needed to prove and i like that it mirrors the first movie However, it is so ungodly unsatisfying when he loses that, and it's by one point, and I'm like, that sucks, that's some bull, like, he easily should have won that fight, even, like, as an old guy, like, he could totally beat that guy up, and, yeah, I thought that was, I don't know, that was just unsatisfying, but I know, I understand that's what's meant to happen, but, but yeah, I don't know, it was very weird. I also wanted to say that Rocky in a contemporary setting is a very interesting thing. Like, with Creed, where Michael B. Jordan's character is the predominant focus of the movie, it works a lot better because you're not used to seeing that character in, um, in like, a more 80s, 70s, you know, gritty Philadelphia setting uh, before you know, the city and the world is as at large has become what it is today. Like it's it's weird to see a Rocky fight with the similar fanfare and like setup and editing and everything. But then it's like HBO pay per view and there's like a score and it's it's very strange. And even stylistically it's weird to see it with like this very it's like stylized editing of like the the black and white with the splashes of color and it just keeps flashing in and out between color and the and the black and white it was is very odd and i i don't know i wasn't used to it i was kind of jarred by it overall it works it's not a big thing in the movie it was just something inter- interesting that i wanted to highlight uh like it didn't ruin the verisimilitude of the movie or anything for me but i don't know i just it was it was something you know Whew. okay so i uh, I gotta get out of here. This episode has, uh, has been a pretty long one. Uh, I tried to keep it kind of short, but hey, you know what? It's Rocky. If anything deserves a time, there's a lot of other things that deserve time. But you know what? Rocky is one of those things. Uh, but don't think I'm done talking about this saga. It is still not quite over. We still have to cover Creed and Creed 2, which will be the next official episode of the podcast. Uh, I've more clearly scheduled the the stuff uh, the the next episodes so i'm going to have a little break in between all, all these rocky movies and i'm planning to release now this could change but this is as it as it stands right now this is probably how things are going to go i'm probably going to release my bonus episode about Candyman, which will cover the film itself as well as the short story and the real life history uh that really defines this movie uh i'll be covering all of that uh that'll probably drop 
in between this episode that you're listening to right now and the episode covering the two Creed movies. So there'll be a little break in in Rocky. It won't just be all Rocky all the time. Now again, this might change. Uh, It'll definitely be at least a few days before that episode actually drops, either one of them. Uh, but, But yeah, probably expect a Candyman episode as the next thing in this feed. Before I get out of here, I want to very quickly uh, do a grateful. Uh, this episode sort of serves as a two-parter, so technically the end of the first part isn't really the end of my reviews. So I think it's okay. I kind of get an excuse. Uh, but uh, episode 11, uh, there's no real excuse for that. I can't believe it, but I forgot I forgot gratefuls uh, like a dummy. That's part of my show, man. What am I doing? Uh, but let's stop talking about it and let's actually do it. I am grateful for, uh, road trips. I've had plenty, uh, over the course of my life. My mom is really good at planning them. And the particular one that we took most recently was to Scranton, PA, for the Italian festival up there. Never been to Scranton. Uh, it's very similar to Rocky Five, and then it's got a pretty bad rap. But while I was there, I didn't hate it. It's definitely quite conservative, and that's the vibe that I understand doesn't jive with a lot of people doesn't really jive with me either but it was actually pretty cool it had unique architecture and there was a pretty nice mall and just the the crowd and the the culture that was in the Italian festival was really cool and it's awesome they have a tradition like that up there and I was glad to go it was my first time uh the food was it was kind of subpar, but that might have just been my fault for maybe not picking based on what looked really good and picking based on, I'm hungry, what's the nearest food? Uh, and But yeah, dessert was actually really good, and I had some garlic knots that were pretty awesome. Uh, some coffee that was, was alright, but but yeah, I was it was a really enjoyable trip, and I had a good time. So yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for that. It was, a, it was a good day. And then we came back, and we watched some Rocky, so... Yeah, man. Italians. Let's go. This episode has been edited and chopped up, so I have no idea how long it is currently, but but I'm hoping it's not too long. So I want to thank you, as always, for listening and sticking in for the long haul, even if it might be a little painful. I don't know how this episode stacks up. I've been trying to make my points, but I don't know, man. I don't know how I'm doing. But uh, maybe you could let me know. You could do that by just leaving a review right there in the app. Five stars would be greatly appreciated. I'd love to get some feedback. And and those ratings and reviews really help me climb in the charts and recommendations. So that would be awesome if you could could do some of that for me. It's free. takes like a minute. And it's super convenient. It's right there where you're listening to this. Uh, You could also, if you have more specific feedback or some sort of question, comment story, whatever. I'd love to hear all of it. You can email the show at moviesandmorepod at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Instagram, just me, uh, at geovandrioli1. Uh, or you could reach the show, uh, specifically, moviesandmorepod, uh, on Instagram. Uh, the, that's also where I post a lot of teasers for these episodes and uh, post updates for whenever new ep- episodes have dropped. So, yeah, that's a great place to stay in the loop and informed about the goings-on with this show. Uh, that's about all for me. I I know I did already, but as always, I'd like to thank you again for listening. And you know what? Just have a great one. I don't even really have anything funny to say before we go out of here. Just kidding. Ah! ah 
live in America.